It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, January 26, 2012. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Uh, we got a rainy night in Tennessee, but it's great to be able to join together on the Internet and study together from the Word of God. I think our Internet connection has been a little slow today. I was checking it out earlier today, and I think rainy weather is bad for it, but hopefully we're getting out. Looking good. I think it's uh, it's up and running now, and we're looking forward to uh, staying with you for the next hour as we talk about uh, the Bible and a current event that's uh, getting a lot of press these days. Yeah, Jacob, there's a, there's a video on YouTube, and it's been picked up by a lot of different media sources. It's gone. I guess the the term they use for such things is it's gone viral. Everybody has heard about it, and uh, I think today I was checking just on YouTube, and I think that thing's been been picked up and put in a lot of other places as well. But just on YouTube, the thing has been watched right at 17 million. 17 million. Hmm. So uh, it is a video called "Why I Hate Religion." How do we get one of our videos to go viral? Well, I wish we could, but uh, this one is called "Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus." Uh, and there's a guy named, uh, let me see here, I got his name. The guy who does the video, it's sort of like a, a rap poem, if that makes any sense to you. Uh, and his name is Jeff Bethke, I believe it is. Bethke? Jeff Bethke. And we've got it queued up. We want to talk about this video tonight, and, and uh, since it has gained such popularity and so many people are commending it, we want to sort of take it apart and analyze it. See if there are good parts to it. See if there's anything in it that's bad. And so we want to analyze that. But for those of you who may be watching who haven't seen or heard uh, this video on YouTube, we're going to play it right now. Jeff, you got her queued up? All right, let's roll the video. What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission? What if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian, and just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision? I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Tell single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce, but in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Religion might preach grace, but another thing they practice, tend to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. They can't fix their problems, and so they just mask it, not realizing religion's like spraying perfume on a casket. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification, like a long list of chores. Like, let's dress up the outside, make it look nice and neat. But it's funny, that's what they used to do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. Now I ain't judging, I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look. Because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought a jersey. See, this was me too, but no one seemed to be on to me. Acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. See, on Sunday I'd go to church, but Saturday getting faded acting if I was simply created to just have sex and get wasted. See, I spent my whole life building this facade of neatness, but now that I know Jesus, I'd boast in my weakness. Because if grace is water, then the church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people, it's a hospital for the broken. Which means I don't have to hide my failure, I don't have to hide my sin. Because it doesn't depend on me, it depends on Him. See, because when I was God's enemy, and certainly not a fan, he looked down and said, I want that man. Which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it he called them fools. Don't you see so much better than just following some rules? Now let me clarify. 
I love the church, I love the Bible, and yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? See, remember he was called a glutton and a drunkard by religious men. But the Son of God never supports self-righteousness, not now, not then. Now back to the point, one thing is vital to mention. How Jesus and religion are on opposite spectrums. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. See, because religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. Religion puts you in bondage, while Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. And that's why religion and Jesus are two different claims. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. Which is why salvation is freely mine, and forgiveness is my own. Not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Because he took the crown of thorns and the blood dripped down his face. He took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. And he absorbed all your sin, and he buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross saying, Come on, there's room. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it. Because when Jesus said, It is finished, I believe he meant it. Can you kill that, Jeff? All right. We're well, back. There we go. All right. There we go. So if you hadn't had a chance to see that video, now you have. And uh, that's what we're going to be talking about on the virtual Bible study tonight. Earlier today, I sent out um, some questions to our update list, as we always do, and uh, asked people to respond uh, to some simple questions. The first one was, is religion a bad thing? Yes or no? Why or why not? Now, this is about religion. This fellow, Jeff Bethke, says he hates religion, but he loves Jesus. So, not mentioning any words there. He hates it. Yeah. So is religion a bad thing? Yes or no? Why or why not? I think we're going to see pretty quickly that it's a matter of definition. We've got to define our terms. Uh, then we ask, uh, as a follow-up to that, let me see where my questions are. Some of the same people who would promote a video like this, just a few years ago, they were, they were very into the WWJD slogan, what yep, would yep. Jesus do? So we ask the question, what would Jesus do about religion as we see it today or as, as it was in his day? We know because he interacted with the religious people of his day, so we, have, we can get a pretty good idea how Jesus would right, react. Right. Question three, what parts of the video do you agree with? Question four, what parts of the video do you disagree with? Those right. are the questions we ask. Today. All right. Uh, Brendan is in the chat room and has signed in. Brendan says, I think this video has a great and correct message. The problem is in the word religion. How does he define it? He doesn't say. I agree with his message and consider myself religious. So Brendan has uh, weighed in tonight, and we hope you will as well. 877-381-4567 is the Number to call, questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. You can sign in the chat room uh, to the right of your viewing window if you're watching us live tonight and so, uh, join in the conversation there with other listeners. And uh, joining us tonight via Skype from Fayetteville, Tennessee, Eric Reynolds is on the phone, er, or on Skype. Eric, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Oh, let's see here. Let me get you up, Eric. Uh, Eric, uh, there you go. Eric, welcome to the program. Thanks, Jake. Always good to, to join in the study. I yeah, appreciate you being here uh, tonight as well. And we also we've got a phone call to, to go ahead and kick off the, the program tonight. Up, oh, up, oh, that line is gone, so maybe uh, that caller will call back. Uh, we'll look forward to that. If, you, uh, if, you, if we've missed your call there, go ahead and call back, and we'll get you plugged in on the program tonight. Again, 877-381-4567. As we talk about the poem, Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. Is that even possible? We'll yeah. talk about that on the program tonight. Well, the first thing we asked, Jacob, was, is religion bad? And almost everybody that we got an email response from started out by saying, well, tell me what you mean by religion. Basically, people are asking for a definition. Yeah, Eric, uh, Eric has uh, signed in the chat room with that. Uh, uh, Eric, you want to give us the definition, the, the, the dictionary definition? Yeah, uh, Webster's online, Merriam-Webster's online, basically said, it's got three or four definitions, but number two is a personal set uh, or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. Uh, number four is the cause, principle, or system of beliefs held to with ardor and faith. So it's basically 
something that people uh, believe in. Definition number one mentions the service and worship of God or the supernatural. So when you combine all those things, the supernatural being uh, a set of beliefs and practices and um, uh, principles that are held to with faith, that would be religion. All right, uh, so that, uh, that, that helps us understand what yeah. uh, this guy is hating. Because everybody was saying, for instance, uh, Jim in Tompkinsville, Kentucky, said, I do not wa- know what is meant by religion. The video does not define religion, but assumes everyone believes that religion is the organized church, whatever that may be. Uh, so he agrees, if you're going to analyze this, you have to analyze what does this guy mean by religion. Uh, Mike in Orleans, Indiana says, define what you mean by religion. Uh, if we're talking about pure New Testament Christianity, then no, religion is not bad. But if we're talking about religion as the video seems to be speaking about, then yes, religion is bad. You know, that reminded me of a statement that uh, James made in James chapter 1. About pure and undefiled religion? Yeah, yeah, he says, uh, verse 26, James 1, 26, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So there's a vain or worthless kind of religion. But the very next verse says, Pure religion and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. So James there, chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, says there's such a thing as a vain or worthless religion, we would certainly agree, but there but, is pure religion. Right. You, they, he would, if, if, if religion was all bad, and is, if uh, he is right, and Jeff is right in his poem here, or the very first line, what if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion? James didn't understand that because he should have said all religion is vain, yeah. not just certain religion is yeah. vain. James certainly didn't understand that Jesus hated religion when he spoke of the fact that there was a pure and undefiled thing before God called religion. All right, let's try and get that phone call in now. Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Are you yes, there? sir. This is Eric Hedden. Hi, Eric. Uh, where are you calling from tonight? I'm calling from Austin, Texas. I live in L.A., Georgia. All right. We'll appreciate you being on. Uh, Eric, are you the uh, the Eric that we hear from a lot on the program? No, you, you know? different Eric. Different Eric. Okay. Different Eric. Well, I'm glad to hear from you tonight, Eric. Thanks, uh, I tried to get on the chat room. Brendan's a friend of mine, and uh, we've discussed this before. But um, early in that uh, uh, YouTube video, um, he actually makes the statement that there's a group of people that God calls whores. Mm-hmm. And I, I have not found that passage. And um, I do agree with the statement made from James here that we talk about pure religion. Uh, we can't be against all religion if James tells us what pure religion and defiled is. Yeah. So there we see a, a good form of that. And what we we need to remind each each of ourselves, we need to remind us the words of Job 42, verse 7. Uh, in the International, that's after the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Phenomite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. That's right. And so in this case, uh, we were talking before we went on the air, there are some things that we would certainly agree with, and we'll get more into that as we go along in the discussion. But it seems to me that this fella in the video has overstated his case. He's uh, he's thrown the baby out with the bathwater. He's just, because there are abuses, because there are things that are wrong, he's just rejecting everything that wears the name religion. And I think that's a mistake. I, I agree with you. Do you know of a passage? might be referring to when he says God is calling a group of people whores. Well, there in the Old Testament, God did use that imagery quite a bit for Israel when they forsook him. They called them being harlots and and their harlotry. Well, I know. Well, in, I, I see what you're saying, being unfaithful to him. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to think here. Uh, uh, in James chapter 4, verse 4. And this, this is used in a figurative or spiritual sense, not in a literal one. In James 4, verse 4, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And so, in the sense of being spiritually unfaithful to God, he would be an adulterer. Or I think that the term, or the concept of spiritual harlotry yeah. is found in the Scriptures. But I've got to believe that's what it's talking about. Hosea talks about that, uh, and he mentions in just one passage, uh, Hosea 4, verse 15, though thou, Israel, play the harlot. Yeah. Uh, and so that, he, that was sort of the imagery that he used in the Old Testament. Right. Does that does that help, Eric? Yes, I, I see what you're saying there. Uh, I don't 
I don't know if that goes to the tone of the man making the video. I guess it would be good to talk with him. But I agree with you that he, uh, whether you want to talk about it, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Years ago, uh, friends I had in college, they would use the, the phrase, I'm against organized religion. It seemed to be uh, just seeking to have an individual relationship one-on-one with God but not being a part of a church or anything. I think that's, that's uh, I don't know, at least a cynical attitude. Yeah, and I, I think the problem is, and uh, it's been it's been true for centuries, of course, is that there have been so many violations and uh, uh, so many abuses by people in the name of religion that it has certainly left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And one of the one of the issues that we have to overcome when we're trying to reach people with the gospel is that we got to get them past uh, their disgust with what they see as religious abuses. And, and we're equally disgusted with it. We've got to be able to distinguish that. And a lot of people will right. use it as an excuse to just say, okay, I don't want anything to do with yeah. uh, living like I should because people who claim to be religious aren't right themselves. Exactly right. All right. Well, well thanks. Thank, thank you very much for your program. Thanks, thanks Eric. Thanks for calling in. Good to hear from you from Texas. Appreciate you calling in tonight. Eric, any, any comments before we go to a break? No, and I, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to hear the other Eric's uh, comments, so I'm not sure what he oh, was uh, well, I'll work, saying. I'll work on that during the break uh, so you can hear the next caller, Eric. Uh, we'll take a break and give you time to call. The number to call is 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeu.com. Or join in the chat room. The chat room is busy. We'll try and catch some of those comments on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. Tonight on Channel 8, WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. <laughs> and then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. <laughs> and at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 1.28. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Don't waste your precious energy on gossip. Envy is a waste of time. Why should you envy others when you already have all you need? Always. Always do the right thing. Man, I wish I'd said that. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. All right, we're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. Give us a call, 877-381-4567. Weigh in on this video that has caught so much attention in the press today. Join in the chat room. It's easy to do if you're not logged in. Uh, follow the instructions at the bottom of the chat window and chat with other listeners there tonight. So getting some interesting comments. Uh, and we've got our friend Eric Reynolds in Fayetteville, Tennessee, yeah, on, the, on Skype tonight, so he'll be joining in with us, too. Kevin says uh, he's in Hot Springs, Arkansas tonight. He says he probably agrees with a little more than half of the video. So, well, so he's giving us a percentage. That's good. So he's not throwing out the baby with the bathwater with regards to the video, maybe. He's thinking he agrees with maybe half of it. Okay. All right. To Jack, he says there's a lot of truth in this video. He also comments, he says, the quality of the video, the young man and rap, all appeal to the young crowd, which makes it a powerful tool for the atheists to use against Christians. So uh, Jack sees a potential uh, problem there. And I yeah, I, I, that's, that, that's, Jack has mentioned something there that would be a concern of mine, that that because we claim to be religious people, we're going to be lumped in with that crowd of people that the, the rap video condemns. And, and so people say, I'm not going to go to church because I hate religion, too, and I wouldn't have anything to do with any church because I hate religion. See, yeah, see, even people who so believe it, in Christ hate religion. We could, we could get a, a, a feedback that way. Yeah, yeah uh, Kevin says he uh, the parts he doesn't agree with have to do with the human version of religion. I tend to think that the Bible defining the word religion gives us a fuller understanding based on the usage and context of the word in Scripture. And, uh, so. and Jack says he thinks that the, what the fellow is really criticizing is hypocrisy. He means hypocrisy. He hates hypocrisy but loves Jesus. Well, I could, jo I could join in that statement, 
because I know that Jesus himself hated hypocrisy and often spoke out against it. And so, yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. All right. Uh, Kevin says, not sure we can equate hypocrisy and religion in all or even most places. The term religion is used in Scripture. And I think that's true as well. It, uh, uh, if you prefer to listen to, uh, to this, this poem or this rap, you would think that uh, religion equals hypocrisy. And it doesn't. And it doesn't mean that in Scripture as well. So good comment from Kevin on the program tonight. Look forward to hearing from you. Let us know your thoughts as we ask the question, what do you think about uh, this poem that has uh, been so popular by Jeff Bethke on why I hate uh, religion but love Jesus? Real quickly, before we go further, uh, back to the question that our phone caller, Eric, was asking about where in the Bible does it call anybody a whore? Uh, John Duvall in Oklahoma sends in, he says, the following is a comment on the statement the rapper makes about Old Testament calling people religious whores. In Jeremiah 3, God is using the prophet to rebuke his chosen people for playing the harlot or whore. He wanted them for himself, desiring that they worship him only. But they intermarried with people who worshipped idols, and that idolatry spread throughout his people. Eventually, they half believed in him while also worshipping their idols just to cover all the bases. The practice was uh, compared to a woman who divorces her husband to be with another man, but then wants to return to her husband. Jeremiah 3, 8 reads, She saw that for all the adulteries of that faithless, faithless one Israel, I had sent her away with a decree of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she too went and played the whore. Uh, and so uh, that concept is in the scriptures, the idea that, that spiritual infidelity mm -hmm. is boredom or prostitution or, or harlotry. Okay. All right. Uh, good comments there from uh, John. I appreciate those tonight. Did you get his, John's answer to number one? Did you get no, all No, we need to read it. But real quick, I, I, I mentioned Jim from Kentucky. That's one other part of his first response about, is religion a bad thing? The video tries to lead us to think that religion is hypocrisy and that being a Christian, one has nothing to do with religion, uh, which is a mistake, uh, as we've said. But, but I think Jim is on board with us saying it all has to do with that definition. All right, we'll go back to John in Edmond, Oklahoma tonight. He says, uh, the religion described by this rapper is the self-righteous and self-satisfying worship devised by man. While the Pharisees professed an adherence to the old law, they were still teaching for doctrine the commandment of men, Matthew 15, verse 9. It was a religion for them and for their own self-appeasement. The same type of religion exists today and must be avoided by the Lord's body. Many people enjoy playing church. They love the feelings and feel-good emotions of Christianity, quote-unquote. However, they, because they reject fundamental teachings of Jesus and his, the apostles, these people do not love Christ. Such religion is clearly contrary to the Word of God. If that is what the rapper had in mind, then I might be able to understand his point on an extremely narrow level. And so uh, John is, uh, is agreeing uh, to a certain extent that uh, those who are hypocritical, and by the way, this rapper might fall into the things that he's Oh, well, he admits that he was hip hypocritical, at least at some point in his life. He, he had been a hypocrite. He well, was going to church on Sunday, but addicted to pornography, he mentions in there. And so he, I mean... This fellow has a sense of, of hypocrisy, what he what he understands to be hypocrisy, and he doesn't like it. I don't know anybody that does. I mean, I'd, I'd like for you to find somebody who says, I really like hypocrisy, and I love hypocritical people, and I, I want to be around that crowd. I don't know anybody that would say that. Uh, it, the problem is, of course, in practice, we all are sometimes hypocritical. We don't. Okay. You, you, you'd have to be the perfect man to never be hypocritical because hypocrisy is is when you say one thing and do something else. And whenever we sin, we're doing something else besides what we pretend. And I, it's interesting that this guy says he hates religion but loves Jesus, and and it, it appears to be that he hates religion because of the hypocrisy. And I think you've made the point before in the past, where in the world are you going to find hypocrites if it's not in the church? You're not going to find hypocrites in the world. You're going yeah. to All the hypocrites are in the church. Yeah. They're not going to be anywhere else. Yeah, because the people in the world who don't profess to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you can't be hypocritical. They're not hypocritical. They're doing the real. They're doing their thing, but the the, the hypocrites are going to be in the church. That's the only place they could be. Uh, Eric, join in whenever you get a a, a thought. Uh, one other point from John. He he goes on in his answer about is religion a bad thing. He says for Christians we're to worship and serve our heavenly Father, loving Him with our hearts, souls, and minds and strength. Mark twelve thirty. We're to humbly submit to His will. James four verse six and following. We're to present ourselves as living sacrifices, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans twelve one and two. We're to seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33, while keeping the commands of the Lord because of our love for him, John 14, 15. 
The religion taught in the New Testament, the worship of God and our service to him, is most certainly a good thing and a necessary part of our spending eternity in heaven. Uh, well said, John. All right. You asked the question, what would Jesus do with respect to this uh, this message? And uh, we'll get that. Uh, but real quick, i got one more i got to cover here before we go further. Uh, uh, Mike in Indiana says, uh, you got to define religion. If we're talking about, I already read that. If we're talking about pure New Testament Christianity, then no religion is not bad. If we're talking about religion, as the video seems to be speaking about it, then yes, religion is a bad thing. The poem to me speaks to the heart of true Christianity. Many have truly confused religion with Christianity. What this poem is about is the difference between something religious that men made versus something God intended. Much of the video centers around the frustration with those who claim to be Christian and get hypocritical in many ways. So I think everybody's seeing that pretty well the same. All right, you asked the question, what would Jesus do with respect uh, to this video? Uh, Brendan uh, comments and says, I find this video to be akin to denominationalism in that part of the message is accurate, but part is off target. Can we support the message as if we only agree with a portion of it? Say that last part again. Can we support the message as if we only agree with part of it? Well, I don't know. I'm afraid to endorse any part of it because I think it's, it, the parts that are wrong about it uh, are going to cause more harm than, the, than any part of good that is in it. All right. What would Jesus do about religion today? Would he just, uh, uh, Jack, say that he hates it? Jack, in, by email, Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee, by email, says Jesus would be angry. He wouldn't be happy with so many professed Christians that are void of love and are quick to make cruel and harsh judgments. And he references Matthew 7, 3 through 5. John in Edmond, Oklahoma says, Just as Jesus rejected the self-serving and hypocritical offerings of the Pharisees, so too does he reject such, quote-unquote, religious practices today. And uh, Mike in Orleans, Indiana says, If religion means something man-made, then Jesus says he would say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew 7, verse 23. Uh, did you read John's? I did not. I did read John. I didn't read Jim. Okay, read Jim. Jim, what's this say? Jim says, uh, Jesus would teach people the Father's will. He would enjoin disciples to love each other and the lost. He would remind disciples about the importance of fellowship and worship. He would demonstrate the word in action by his daily life. He would help all understand the concept of authority and that the church is necessary and that salvation, which is for all, is not simply accepted but acted upon. We are saved not by simply accepting Jesus but by following his word and acting upon it. Hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, and being baptized are all actions one must do in order to be saved. To use a quote from the video, simply believing one is saved is like pouring perfume on a casket. Yeah. Hey, Eric, what do you think? How, how would you respond? What would Jesus do in regards to the, the video, the kind of things that are condemned in the video, religion in general? What would Jesus do? Well, I think clearly some of the uh, tones and some of the thoughts that he is conveying in this message comes straight from Jesus, such as the one you just mentioned about perfume on a casket is very similar to what Jesus says in his woes against the Pharisees about how they would dress up and ornate, uh, you know, decorate and whitewash caskets, but inside were men uh, full of rottenness and, you know, men's bones. And, um, in those attacks, Jesus calls them over and over hypocrites, and that's the theme, it seems, that many people are picking up on. And I wonder, you know, what uh, background and what experience uh, this guy had with his church, I'm afraid many people, you know, can relate to his uh, frustration with church as being full of people who are only pretending. And uh, I think Jesus would be frustrated with that situation if we were to describe it in better words. I mean, I think we're all saying that kind of the flaw in his approach, the main flaw, is just this blanket use of the word religion, which is really using it in a way that doesn't fit you know, the definition of the, of the word. I think but you're right. Jesus would be, you know, frustrated with people who are pretending. Uh, God, over and over in the Old Testament, calls out his own people when they were only going through the motions and didn't have their, their heart in. And, and to me, what that tells us as Christians is the world is watching, and we need to be, and in stark contrast to what he describes, we need to be the real thing. We need to be genuine uh, we need to walk the walk because we only damage the cause of Christ when we say one thing and practice something else. Haven't we said, uh, Eric, haven't we said for a long time that the most hurtful thing that we could possibly do is is to claim to be Christians and then 
live a different way. And people see that hypocrisy. It, it turns them off, and they're not interested. This fellow is a classic example of that, taking a negative reaction to the to the hypocritical practice of some people who call themselves Christians. But, you know, to, to our, as we've said over and over again already, if, to argue that that's true of all who are involved in religion is just a, an overstatement. It's a false claim. Real quickly, well, and, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. I'm just going to say this one. To me, this one verse kind of uh, puts the nail in the coffin on what Jesus says about um, uh, religion, no pun intended. But the, he says in Matthew 28:19 through 20, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Well, I mean, if you just kind of look at the concepts there, that is the definition of religion. It's a set of religious practices. It's a set of beliefs, something to be ardently, you know, uh, held to and followed. Jesus says, I will build my church, you know, on this rock. He established true religion. He gives us what true religion is, and he completely not only endorses it, but commands that it be followed. And so there's no... Uh, you can't say you love Jesus and hate religion in that when you use the word religion the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, you, you're just you trying can't to separate the two. Yeah, you try to separate something there. You can't separate. All right. Eric has a good comment in the chat room, a different Eric. Uh, Brendan's question was, can you still support this even though a portion of it is bad? Eric says, I would answer that question, no. Half good can often work more deception than all bad. It is easy to recognize an all bad message. That's that, a interesting. That's right. Point. That's sort of like uh, rat poison. You know, they, yeah. I've always said rat poison is like 99.9% good wholesome food for a rat. They only need that little bit to make it poison. And I think that's the case with this. We've got, uh, more, we got more than a, a, a 0.1% poison in this message, and I think it will do more harm than good for sure. Uh, in the chat room, Anthony, or not in the chat room, but by email, Anthony says, what would Jesus do? I think Jesus would say the same thing he said when he was here on earth the first time. He would decry hypocrisy just as he did in the first century and just like the poet in our clip does. I think he would too. And and I, I think we're in pretty good agreement. What we want to do, we've got to go to a break, but when we come back from the break, what we want to do is we're going to go to this poem. I sent out uh, in our update message, I sent out uh, a transcript of, this and we're just going to walk through it and comment line by line. I think that'll probably take as much time as we have to uh, uh, give to it, uh, but I think uh, it, it'll be helpful. Okay, so when we get back from the break, we'll take your comments on things that you agree with. We'll spend let's spend the first, next 15 minutes or so things we agree with, and then the final 15 minutes things that we disagree with. And so get in line if you'd like to give us a call. The number is toll free eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. You can send those comments in via email. You can send them in the chat room as well. We'll get this week's bullet point and be right back after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Do you wonder why things are done the way they are? Do you have questions about the work, worship, or operation of the local church? Does it seem that there are things going on that you don't understand? Are there issues floating around that trouble you? Are there times when you don't really agree with the decisions that are being made? If so, join the club. We all face the kind of questions and concerns that we've just described. The big question is not, will such issues arise? The question is, how will you deal with these things when they happen? Let us offer some do's and don'ts for handling these potentially difficult situations. First of all, the don'ts. Don't get angry and upset before you've gathered all the facts. Don't gossip or backbite. This doesn't help, and it's a sin. Proverbs 6, verse 19. Don't complain if you don't intend to get busy correcting the problem. Typically, churches have way too many fault finders and not near enough problem solvers. And finally, don't immediately assume the worst about your brethren. Too often we hear harsh, judgmental words about the elders, the preacher, or other members before the facts have all been sorted out. True love demands better than that. Read 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. Okay, now for the do's. Do ask for information. Very often, any disagreement or controversy can be quickly cleared up this way. If there is a problem, go directly to the source. Speak to the one or ones involved and work for a solution. Pray for wisdom in dealing with a problem, asking for God's help to do and say the right things. James 1, verse 5. And finally, maintaining sound doctrine is the highest priority. Galatians 1, 8 and 9. 
But maintaining peace must also be an important goal for every member. Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 3. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. And we're back on the program tonight as we look at the video, Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus. We appreciate you joining us, and we look forward to your participation. The best way to participate on the program tonight, because it's going to be rapid fire, is for you to give us a call. It's toll-free, and the line is open. 877-381-4567. That line was uh, busy there if you've been trying. Uh, we found that uh, during the break that uh, we had a problem, but now it is open if you'd like to give us a call. We'd love to take your comments on this uh, video that's gotten quite a bit of coverage. What do you think? What are some parts that you agree well, with? Well, in the chat room, Jack kind of gives a summary, uh, and I think a pretty good one. In my opinion, by stating we don't agree with the video could make us look to be in support of churches, wrong action, or hypocrisy. I'd state that he has some good points, but he has a lot of error. I, th- I, mean, I think that's right. So let's go at this. Let's find out where we think some things are wrong. All right. First, we line. got the transcript. By the way, if you got our update, if you got the email, at the bottom of the email is the transcript of this poem. So uh, we'll look at it line by line. Uh, let's just go line by line. We won't segregate it into yeah, good. all good and all bad. We'll yeah. just do it as it comes. Eric, the first line is, "What if I told you Jesus came to abolish religion?" I think we'd agree that's false. Right. False. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew chapter five when he in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, Matthew 5, verse 17, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Yeah, the so, law was their religion. You know, he didn't say, I've come to put an end to this Jewish religion. It's this Jewish religion is, is wrong, and I'm going to abolish it. Uh, he said he's going to fulfill everything. Now, there was a lot of abuses in the Jewish religious system, and Jesus spoke out about the abuses of the scribes and Pharisees, called them hypocrites. And hypocrites is really what we're coming to in our discussion tonight. That's the issue. But Jesus, even though the Pharisees, scribes and Pharisees, were were gross hypocrites, Jesus never said, okay, now that's it. Let's just do away with this whole thing. Let's just throw it all out. He didn't do that. So Jesus did not come to abolish religion. What if I told you voting Republican really wasn't his mission, referring to Jesus' mission? What if, and then the, the second, next line, too, what if I told you Republican doesn't automatically mean Christian? Eric, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously that's true. The Bible doesn't say anything about our political parties. Um, you know, it's kind of a red herring, I think. It, it really doesn't It doesn't really have anything to do with the, with the, with the, uh, with the main point. Of the yeah, there was so much of this, as I was talking to you earlier, Eric, there was so much of this. My reaction to it was, when did we ever say that that was so? When when did we ever say that you have to vote Republican to be a child of God? Or when did we ever say that Republican is synonymous with being a Christian? I, I, I never said that. I don't think I know anybody who ever said that. And I'm, and I'm talking about people of wide-ranging religious convictions. I don't know that I'm look, talking... Look at the uh, the Republican candidates for president, and you can answer that question. I want to tell you, if, if, if those Republican candidates are Christians, I'm I'm going the other way. I'm, you're with Eric on that. Yeah. I mean, I'm with Mar- uh, Jeff Binky or Bethke. Uh, okay, and just because you call some people blind doesn't automatically give you vision. What do you think about that, Eric? What's he getting at there? Well, it's interesting that, uh, you know, Jesus says after he healed the blind man, because to the Pharisees, because you say, I see, you know, you're still in your sin. Um, he, he's talking still here about people. It's a, it's a kind of a self-righteous um, attitude that Jesus also addressed in the in the statement about needing to remove the, the beam from your eyes so you can help someone else. And just because it, you know, he's talking about people that would preach to others while they themselves have sins, and that's, that's a true statement. I mean, I think that, that's a true, true statement. statement. Jesus said that. We would say the same and thing. And just because you can see problems with other people's lives doesn't mean your life is perfect. And that's so right. I think that's what he's getting at there. That's right. All right. I mean, if religion is so great, why has it started so many wars? What about that? Well, we're, we, would, we would also agree that any war fought in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ has been in error. Right. You know, Jesus said in John 8, verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. Yep. 
And he, and, and he clearly indicated that that wasn't the kind of kingdom that his was. His is a spiritual kingdom. We do not get, fight with, with literal weapons. The weapons of our warfare are uh, the, the, the ones that the Holy Spirit provides in Ephesians chapter 6. They're spiritual. They're not physical. Yep. And so, for instance, back centuries ago when the Crusaders went on wars for the in the name of Christianity, however, I think that's somewhat historically overstated. I'm not. I'm not sure that the, uh, the the history has been correctly rewritten in regards to the Crusades. But I, I, whatever they were, we, we're not taking up arms to convert people to Christ. We're not taking up arms to fight uh, a, a literal war. And any who have are wrong. All right. What about the next line? Why does it build huge churches but fails to feed the poor? Eric, your thoughts on that? Well. I mean, hopefully that's not true. Jesus talks about in Matthew 25 that, uh, you know, the true Christians are going to be involved in helping people who are in need. And uh, pure religion, as James talks about, has to do with uh, helping those who are in need. So, uh, you know, if that charge is true, then then that's a bad thing, but but it, it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, and, and I, it, you know, it's been pointed out that if you were to go around the world today and see the aid different aid programs have been put in place. A lot of them have been put in place by so-called religious people. Uh, you know, the, Now, in regards to building large cathedrals, I think that's uh, deplorable. The Lord doesn't want that. We shouldn't do that. Uh, but again, this is, this is uh, building a straw man and then tearing it down. We, we don't we don't agree with the building of cathedrals either, you know, and I don't think most people do. Some do, obviously, but I don't think the majority do. All right. Uh, he's, and John says what is odd about that charge is that many denominations engage in a good amount of benevolent work. I think that's true. All right. Uh, the next line tells singles, single moms God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce. That's, that's just a lie. That's not true. We don't say that God doesn't love anybody. That's right. Derek, thoughts? God love the world. I have heard, I, I've, I've never seen it, I've never witnessed it. I've talked to someone who said that their mom or somebody they knew, you know, had some horrible experience in a church because they had been divorced. And, you know, I don't know uh, whatever, you know, it's possible, I guess, somebody would be treated badly. Um, certainly, Jesus came in the world to save sinners. And, you know, whatever it is that we've been, uh, you know, guilty of, the Lord loves us and wants to save us. And uh, there's, you know, the church should welcome anyone who, who uh, wants to repent and follow Jesus. All right, uh, the next line. But in the Old Testament, God actually calls religious people whores. Well, again, he doesn't call those people practicing true religion that. He calls those who are being hypocritical and uh, not living like they should. So God's not, if you were to take that line, that line at face value, you would think that God condemns everybody who calls themselves religious. Eric? It's worse than, uh, it's worse than that. The people who are called whores in the Old Testament or harlots, depending on translation, were worshiping these false gods, and the worship of those false gods include things like ritual prostitution, child sacrifice. I mean, uh, that was the people that, that they worshiped Chemosh and, you know, those other Ashtoreth and all that. That's who was being called harlots and whores. It's, it's a gross mischaracterization of the Old Testament to say that God refers to religious people as whores. Uh, just that statement, left unqualified, is one of the reasons why I think there's there's a danger uh, to this. Yeah, and, and again, he's really just making categorical and blanket statements that are leave a wrong conclusion, lead to a wrong conclusion. All right. Uh, the next two lines, and we get a break. Uh, religion might practice grace, but another thing they practice. And to ridicule God's people, they did it to John the Baptist. Well... Uh, Certain religious people may yes. ridicule those who are trying to be truly religious, uh, but uh, are they practicing another thing besides grace? They better not be. And what about John the Baptist? I mean, it it wasn't it wasn't those who were truly religious who persecuted John the Baptist. It was the one who killed him was Herod, and he was obviously in great error. Uh, you know, the, I don't know. I don't I, to say that. That religious people of our day are equivalent to the ones who beheaded John the Baptist is a pretty far reach. Okay, well, all right, let's get a break, and when we get back, we've got to hurry uh, if we're going to cover all this, and uh, we're not going to take this into two parts. No, 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 this is it, this is it, so we've got to go fast. Look forward to your comments. Stay tuned, we'll go to the top of the hour right after this.
Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in His Word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new survey claims to be the first quantitative worldwide study on how governments and societies infringe on the religious beliefs and practices of individuals. Findings include that 75 countries, that's 38% of them in the world, have governments that limit efforts at evangelism or proselytizing. 178 countries, that's 90% of the countries of the world, require registration of religious groups. And in 117 countries, that's 59%, registration requirements result in problems of discrimination against certain faith. Most countries, 87%, have experienced public tensions between religious groups in recent years. Such tensions involve physical violence in 126 countries, or 64% of those in the world. Faith-based terrorism killed people in nearly one in ten countries worldwide. All of that data is from the Pew Forum on Religious and Public Life. In the Word of God we read, Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 11, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. Uh, we welcome you back to the virtual Bible study tonight as we look at the, uh, the hit YouTube video, Why I Hate Religion. But love Jesus. We have Eric Reynolds online from Fayetteville, Georgia, and we're glad that he's here. We'd, we'd like you to be here as well at 877-381-4567 on the program tonight. We're continuing to look line by line at the, at the poem, and uh, we're commenting whether we agree, whether we disagree. They can't fix their problems is the next line, so they just mask it, not really realizing religions like spraying perfume on a casket. Well, if you're just spraying perfume on a casket, that would be wrong. Pharisees were doing that, and a lot of people have commented on that tonight, how that parallels what Jesus said. But... Religion doesn't do that. False religion does. Hypocritical religion just does spray the perfume on the casket, but true religion does actually fix the problem. There you go. Next two lines. See, the problem with religion is it never gets to the core. It's just behavior modification like a long list of chores. Well, uh, obviously that's a problem. That That's really always been a problem. In Matthew chapter 15, Jesus quoted Isaiah. Verse 8, Matthew 15, 8, This people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Jesus said their religion was vain. Here's some religious, vain religious practice. And part of the problem was they were drawing nigh with their mouth, honoring with their lips. Their heart was far from Jesus wants us totally. He wants our heart, soul, and mind. All right. Go, Eric. He says, uh, let's dress up the outside, make things look nice and neat. It's funny, that's what they do to mummies while the corpse rots underneath. That's pretty much a, a repeat of the line you read, Jacob, and, uh, you know, but the same thing applies. All right. He says, now, I ain't judging. Uh, I'm just saying, quit putting on a fake look because there's a problem if people only know that you're a Christian by your Facebook. That'd be back to the line you made as well, Dad, that uh, they may profess one thing, but they're living something well, else. Well, and I just got to comment. I know you're supposed to comment on that one, but when he says he's not judging, what on earth is he doing <laughs> if he's not judging? Yeah, that's the thing we talked about last week. Yeah. People say, oh, you can't judge, but that's what they're doing when they say you can't judge. Yeah. Next two lines, he said, I mean, in every other aspect of life, you know that logic's unworthy. It's like saying you play for the Lakers just because you bought the jersey. Uh, again, if we're just dressing up the outside, all of us agree. Although that's a problem we all deal with. In other words, all of us are sometimes putting on a fake show. We're not, and we know that, and God knows that, but we're trying to hide it from other people. That's a problem, and that is hypocrisy. And nobody is defending that. All right. Eric. And I think this next is where he begins to explain kind of where he's coming from, and it really helps to understand um, 
a lot of what he's saying. But he says, see, I played this game too. No one seemed to be on to me. I was acting like a church kid while addicted to pornography. Um, but go on the next two lines. See, I go to church on Sunday, but uh, Saturday get fa getting faded acting as I simply created to have sex and get wasted. Right, and then the next one's been my whole life putting on this facade of neatness. So he's talking about he's been in a place where he lived in a life of sin, and yet at the same time he was putting up a false front. And that's, I think, at the heart of what he's saying is wrong with religion, and that, we would agree. All right. The next line, Eric, you talked about this earlier before the program, but now I know that I know Jesus, I boast in my weakness. That's, that is a line that leaves a lot of confusion in my mind. Well, that, that, I think he's making a, a, a passing reference to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 when he was talking about his thorn in the flesh. And he said, when he prayed about it, God said, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, and necessities, in persecutions, and distresses for Christ's sake. But when I am weak, then am I strong. But That'd be a misuse. That's a misuse. If that's what he was referring to, that's a misuse. That's not what Paul was talking about. He wasn't talking about his sinful weaknesses. He was talking about his physical weaknesses and infirmities and the physical persecutions that were coming upon him. And if you were to take it at face value, you would think that Mr. Bethke here is saying that he can do all these things and be happy and boast in them. Yeah. Well, he's definitely saying he's going to drop the facade. He's going to show what's truly underneath. And But the, the problem is, of course, that has to be changed. And that's what Jesus talks about all the time, sin no more. Um, we have to become what we want to see on the outside. Yeah, just uh, just owning up to what you've done isn't enough. In other words, if, if I've been playing the hypocrite, let's say that I'm just, uh, let's say that I'm um, a, a bad drunk, but I've been hiding it from people, and I'm just going to own that. I'm just going to say, well, that's... <laughs> I'm a drunk. Here I'm, I'm going to quit being a hypocrite about being a drunk. Yeah. That, that doesn't solve the problem. All right, we need to get back on track here. Here's the next two lines. But Because if grace is water, then church should be an ocean. It's not a museum for good people. It's a hospital for the broken. Well... It is a hospital for the broken, and uh, and and broken should be accepted there, but they're not going to stay that way. Yeah, you can't. What kind of hospital would it be if it took in sick people and they just, and they just stayed sick? They never got better. Yeah. We'd say, that, I'm not going to that hospital. we got to get better. And and so uh, it's a hospital. Fine, but let's fix the broken. All right. Next two lines, which means I don't have to hide my failure. I don't have to hide my sin because it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. Well, I would just say I, I hope that, that it's understood, that, and I'm not sure exactly what you might mean by those expressions. I think they're kind of catchphrases, but uh, I've, I've got to repent. I've got to turn from my sin, it, and it does depend on me turning from my sin. Okay. All right, Eric. me, and certainly not a fan. God looked down on me and said, I want that man. You know, woven throughout this, without being explicitly stated, is a very Calvinistic uh, approach to salvation. And I believe what he's hinting at in several of these is that um, it has nothing to do with us at all. And even while we were rebellious, God reaches down and sort of acts on our heart to, to, to cause us to be saved without us having any really anything to do with it. And I think we would, I'm sure it's not the scope of the program tonight, but we would not agree that that's... Right. The way the plan of salvation I, I, I agree with your analysis, Eric. I think there's a lot of Calvinism in this. Go ahead. All right, the next two lines, which is why Jesus hated religion, and for it he called them fools. Don't you see it's so much better than just following some rules? Well, I don't agree that it is not following rules, because Jesus said in Luke 6, verse 46, And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? John, and, four, John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. And he was talking to the religious people here that uh, Mr. Bethke says he would have hated. And so that doesn't but, line but up. But really, even that statement, why call you me Lord, Lord, do not the things I say, he was attacking their hypocrisy. Right. And and we we agree with it. But you've got to follow the rules or else yeah. you're a hypocrite. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next two lines. Now, let me clarify. I love the church. I love the Bible. And, yes, I believe in sin. But if Jesus came to your church, would they actually let him in? Interesting question. If they if Jesus came to you to your church, would they let him in? I, I would probably agree that a lot of churches wouldn't want anything to do with the true Jesus because they've tried to reconstruct him to refashion him after their own That's will. What said. But but I that line, I love the church, I love Je I love the Bible. He says he hates religion. 
but he loves the church. And I just don't understand that distinction. So we'll have to leave it at that. All right, Eric. He says, remember, he was called a drunkard and a glutton by, quote, religious men, quote, the son of God not supported self-righteousness, not now, not then. Those are uh, true statements, but, uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't have anything really to Yeah, and, and we would agree to condemn self-righteousness. Next two lines. Now, back to the point. One thing is vital to mention how Jesus and religion are on op opposite spectrums. They're not. Jesus and false religion are, but Jesus and true religion are perfectly harmonized. See, one's the work of God, but one's a man-made invention. See, one is the cure, but the other's the infection. We agree to, to condemn and speak out about man-made religion. There's plenty of man-made religion in the world. We're against it, too. That's right. And he's, but, but, Religion, he says, says... Go ahead, Eric. I'm, sorry. Go ahead. It's not, we don't have time. Go ahead. He says, because religion says do, Jesus says done. Religion says slave. Jesus says son. There's bits of truth in, in all of those things. You know, you just have to really get into the into uh, what does he mean by what he's saying. That might be some more Calvinism there when he says Jesus says it's done. We say you have to do something, but Jesus says it's already done. I, I would disagree with that. Religion doesn't say slave. Sin says slave. And uh, Jesus says son. Uh, God says son. Uh, uh, next two lines. Religion puts you in bondage while Jesus sets you free. Religious make, religion makes you blind, but Jesus makes you see. Again, that's not true. Sin puts you in bondage. Sin makes you blind. Uh, and uh, religion and Jesus. Uh, well, false religion would hide people from viewing the, the, the it truth. Would. It so would. There is, okay. there's so, this so false religion. Would keep okay. you we, from, need to, we need to clarify yeah, what yeah, he's talking about yeah. here. He says, and that's why religion and Jesus are two different clans. Religion is man searching for God. Christianity is God searching for man. I don't, I don't like that last statement. I think it goes both ways. We've got to search for God, but he said that we can find him. That's right. Uh, seek and ye shall find Jesus. Without faith knock is impossible, and, please him. Knock and it shall be open to you. So we've got to do some seeking. He's here. rewarded that diligently seek him. God's really already done his part in making it possible for us to be saved. we just got to come to him. we got to find him. All right, Eric. Which is why salvation is freely mine. Forgiveness is my own, not based on my effort, but Christ's obedience alone. Well, Paul writes in Ephesians 2 that uh, we're saved not based on works that we've done. But I, I think he uh, his addition of the word alone there, just like when people say faith alone, he says Christ's obedience alone, again, is this uh, Calvinist idea that, that they say when God looks down, he sees Jesus' perfect obedience uh, on us, and, and that's that that's that concept yeah. that basically we don't have to obey, which, as you've already pointed out, Jesus himself said, he, he, the, the title of it is, I love Jesus, Jesus says, if you love me, you obey what I say. Yeah, the, you may be reading a different transcript, Eric. Mine says, not based on my merits, but Jesus' obedience alone. Well, nobody believes, at least nobody who understands the Scripture believes that you can merit your salvation. All right. Nobody's teaching it. The next two lines, I think we would agree with 100%. Because he took the crown of thorns and blood dipped down his face, he took what we all deserve. I guess that's why you call it grace. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And while being murdered, he yelled, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Because when he was dangling on that cross, he was thinking of you. Uh, that last part of that leaves me a, uh, with a little bit of concern. It, it's all about me. Jesus on the cross, it was all that. Well, certainly he died on the cross for us all. But there's something about the idea that he did this, and while he was there, he was just thinking about me, you know, and, and I'm so wonderful and, and so forth. I, 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 we'll get into that another time. But I, I, this idea that uh, I'm special because of what Jesus did, no, I'm terrible. I'm a wretched sinner. That's why Jesus had to do that. It's not because I was so wonderful and he was just so, you know, so enamored with me that he died on the cross. Eric. He paid for all your sin and then buried it in the tomb, which is why I'm kneeling at the cross now saying, come on, there's room. I, not much to say there except that I had never thought about this idea of sin being buried in the tomb. I, I think maybe that's poetic license. I, I don't think that's a scriptural concept necessarily, but right. and we the, would agree that there's room for the cross. And the last two lines. So for religion, no, I hate it. In fact, I literally resent it because when Jesus said it is finished, I believe he meant it. Now, that, it, that, those two lines don't go together. I can't understand how those two connect. But he hates religion. He literally resents it. Well, if you hate false religion, that's fine. But, that, that, that sort of summarizes our discussion. We're out of time. But that sort of summarizes our discussion. You've got to define what you mean by religion here. Because there are some things that where the, 
the title religion that we would hate too. But you, this is way too broad, far too categorically stated to make any sense. And Eric, what about the last line? Because when Jesus said it is finished, I believe he meant it. What's he going for there? Well, Jesus did say it is finished on the cross. And I think he's hinting at that Jesus abolished religion. He opens and closes kind of with the same thought, that Jesus came to abolish religion. And then on the cross, he said it's finished. But that's not what Jesus was referring to. He completed his His work was finished. Right, exactly right. Eric, thanks for joining us from Fayetteville tonight. Always enjoy it. Yeah, good comments. Appreciate your comments tonight. Dad, thank you for the study. Thanks, Jay. Very fast-paced. Anything we need to add? Well, uh, we probably just gave a cursory comment to several important things there, but hopefully we've been able to stress uh, where some of our differences would be with that popular video. If you'd like to comment, we are open to your comments at any time, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Check out our website, collegeview.com, where you can podcast a recent sermon uh, that has been presented here at the College View Congregation. Jeff has been behind the controls and been quiet all night. Jeff, thank you for uh, manning the controls, and uh, thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.